Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host and creator of Shared Teaching. My name is Susan and I'm honored you found my little piece in the world here to come and listen to me. Today is episode number 94, where we're talking all about ideas for increasing that parent engagement, especially for back to school season. Before we get started, I do want to apologize for being late with this episode. I've had some family issues as my mother has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and is progressing quite rapidly. So I've been dealing with some of her health issues. And so I might be delayed a little bit in the future. I hope not, but things happen. And I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Those of you who are my loyal listeners, so you know what's going on and why my podcasts are releasing kind of sporadically. So today we're talking about episode number 94. We're coming up on that magical number 100, which hopefully I'll have some fun activity planned for that. But in the meantime, one of the best ways to have a successful school year is going to be relying on the families of your students. And we might not want to hear that because sometimes families are difficult to deal with. But having them become engaged and active with their students can actually make your job easier, which we all want and need. So the first idea I have for increasing parent engagement is to create a parent engagement goal. So it's beginning of the school year, back to school season. It makes your job easier when parents are happy And there's many studies about parent engagement that have shown involved families create students who have better behavior in class, increased test scores and academics, more motivation for their studies, improved mental health and confidence, any age, even elementary school students. So back to school is the perfect time to reevaluate your parent engagement goals if you're not new to teaching and your policies from the previous year. Even if you kind of do this informally, just kind of run through it in your mind, I think all teachers should have a plan to engage their families. It's just very important. We don't want to leave them out, especially since we see their children more than they see their children, especially since a lot of the time they'll see them, it's sleeping hours, right? So if we kind of keep that mindset of we're spending what is their parents' precious time with them during the day, right? While they're still awake. Okay, so some examples of an engagement goal might be a positive note or call home for each student by the end of the first week and monthly after that. So you 
don't have to kill yourself trying to do a new note every single week. That's a little bit crazy. It's doable, but crazy, especially if you're a brand new teacher, but maybe at least aim for monthly. So the first week of school, you want to have contacted all your parents by the end of the first week, and you want to make sure it's a positive contact. Even if little Johnny is a giant pain in the very first weeks of school, you want to have your first point of contact be very positive. So try to make sure that you have that positive communication right off the bat. I know it's very hard. We're super tired by the end of the first day, second day, first couple weeks, right? We all want to just go home and fall face forward into our couch. And we really need to make that effort to having that either personalized phone call or a quick email dojo message, however you communicate, just a real quick one the first week. It could just be as simple as like snap a quick picture, send it to them in dojo about like, oh, look, they met a new friend. But make sure you talk to the other parent if you can send a picture of their child to that other parent. (laughs) So get permissions first. Otherwise, maybe just an activity of them playing a game and saying, hey, they found some new friends at recess. They seem to be enjoying this activity. And snap a picture, send it to the parent. That's all it has to be. That's it for a positive point of contact, just something super simple. I recommend monthly after that, bi-weekly maybe if you can swing it, but at least no more than or no less than once a month after the first week of school. Okay, another way of having an engagement goal is to maybe promise yourself you'll send home a weekly newsletter. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I did this during COVID. It was actually a requirement of my school. So every single week I sent a newsletter home with parents and it was a template that I had created. So it made it very, very simple. And I just had to change out a few things. Like if we studied a different math topic and sometimes your math topic lasts for a few weeks, right? If you're doing a unit. So I would just have to change out a couple little things, maybe reading the story change. So I put the new name of the story in there. And it just kind of gives parents a heads up like, hey, this is what we're studying. This is the homework I should be looking for coming home. And then any important dates coming up so that parents can start looking for if they need to request time off. Let's say there's parent-teacher conferences coming up. They need to know those dates tentatively so they can have a day off of work or a few hours or maybe there's a fun field trip or something or a staff development day. I like to put kind of a things you should know little box and I put those dates and stuff on that weekly newsletter. So maybe your engagement goal is just to make sure you do a weekly newsletter. Okay, another one might be to increase the number of parent volunteers. If you had only one last year, maybe this year you wanna double it, right? It doesn't have to be big and complicated. Don't overstress yourself on making a huge goal, but just a goal to be better than you were the previous year. Okay, another way we are going to engage those parents is to ask for their help. Asking parents for help can be a great way to get them more engaged because sometimes families are not sure how to help or they don't wanna be the one to initiate that conversation. But if you put something out there, then it might be really simple for them to sign something or check a box and return it back to you. And then they're getting involved and they know how to help. So back to school, beginning of the year is a great way to get more parents helping. 
And I like to provide a checklist asking for volunteers and that has very specific ideas on it that include in-person and at-home ideas. Then the parents kind of look through and check which ones they like, and then they send the list to me. And when I have those projects or those days when I need the volunteers, I can look at those sheets and I know exactly the parents that showed interest and I can reach out to them. So an example of this might be on there um, that I need help with cutting out laminate, laminating things. Those are always really big time-consuming activities in my world. So I might have those or maybe filing things, collating, stapling, you name it. I've sent home just a pile of photocopies for parents before, and I put my stapler and some staples in the bag, and I gave them an example on top that was just like how the booklet needed to be folded and stapled, and I sent the materials home, and then they came back, ta-da, already stapled and folded for me. So things like that, where they don't even have to come in the building, because I know that's a big restriction lately, especially in my school district, is they're really cracking down on just being allowed to have parents just show up and volunteer. They have to be fingerprinted and badged, and it's a huge thing. And many families don't have the money to do that because there is a cost to that fingerprinting and that you know background checking that they have to foot that the school's not paying for them to get done. So anyway, having things that I can just send home with the parent and then they can send it back is a really great way for them to be involved. And it's really easy to work around their work schedule to do that. They don't have to come in, but they're still helping in some way. Okay, another way I like to ask for help is to send home a survey to your parents. Now, this can be hard even after my... I think I'm in my 13th year now. I get anxious when I look over those survey results because, you know, at the core of it, we all want people to just to like us, right? So it's a little embarrassing when you send home a survey and then you get these like notes back and like they kind of didn't like you so much or things that you thought were amazing they didn't like, but it's eye-opening. So in this survey, I suggest you ask them what their primary language is because, heads up, it's not always correct in the office paperwork. Maybe they didn't want to check that, you know, Johnny's an ELL student. So I like to personally ask them what language they speak at home, what do they prefer to get the notes home in, And then if they want weekly updates, like do they want a newsletter every week? Maybe they don't. Maybe they want a monthly one. Or maybe they don't want to use Class Dojo. Maybe they would rather get an email. And then ask about their job. Because I can't tell you how many times I found out after the fact the student was out of my classroom onto the next one. And I find out the parent had a really interesting job. And I'm like, man, if I had known that, they would have made the perfect helper for a specific unit. Or maybe they had some really good expertise and they could provide a short presentation to the class. You never know. But as you get to know your families on kind of a more personal level while still maintaining that level of professionalism, I'm not going hanging out at their house barbecue, (laughs) then you might find them to be a really great resource that's going to help put you in touch with other experts within that field, 
right? So maybe if they're not like a police officer, they know a police officer and they can put you in touch with somebody that can come in and talk about their job or talk about, I don't know, do they still do like drugs in schools? My school doesn't, but maybe out there they still have that you know, D.A.R.E. program and those kind of things. I know they still have them. I just don't see them in the elementary schools. But knowing their level of expertise, knowing what kind of job they have, maybe they have a really fascinating hobby that they can come and talk to the kids about, that there's so many possibilities there for helping engage them and create some amazing lessons in collaboration with them. So ask about their job. Don't be afraid. Okay, another easy way to make sure you're meeting your parents' needs is to allow them space for you, for them, sorry, to ask you questions. So the website Teaching Expertise suggests having a monthly question box, which I thought was a really cool idea. So parents can write you questions throughout the month, but you give them a reminder once a month to send in their questions. So you're asking them, please send me in some questions. You might be surprised by what they're asking. This can be a great way to encourage parents being more involved and also a way for you to understand where they are needing help. Like, why didn't they ask these questions before? Or really, they didn't understand that? I thought that was so simple. Those kind of things might come up. Okay, another way to provide parent engagement is to provide them with class specifics. So depending on the age of your students, you might have a lot of parents that have been taught very differently to how we teach today. Even when you were in elementary school, maybe it's, it's already changed drastically from how you're being taught now. So being able to provide parents with specifics of how you run your class and what the learning looks like within your classroom can really help improve that parent engagement. Many parents have told me over the past few years that they really appreciate it when they know what is going on in my classroom, right? Think about it. We don't like to be left out. The families feel the same way. So making sure that they are, you're proactive and you're showing families before they ask is going to be a really great way to get them on your side and working alongside of you instead of against you. Do not feel the need to overshare. You don't have to share everything. Just the bare bones will help families feel more comfortable with this quote-unquote new way of teaching, (laughs) and it's helping them understand what their child is coming home and talking about. So this may include sharing how you group students for activities, what kind of units or topics you're studying, the materials or curriculum you use, and the structure of your lessons. These are also some of those things you can plug into that weekly newsletter and it will help keep parents informed as you go. So the reason why we do this is because I've had a parent before tell me like they sit down to do homework and they're like, well, that's not how she does it, right? So maybe you've heard that same comment too. So Telling parents if there's a specific way you approach things, especially like a math problem or how you want them reading in the afternoons, is really going to kind of cut down on some of that homework struggle. I know from a parent perspective, that definitely happens with my daughter because she's very... She's very particular when her teacher does it one way and she says her teacher wants it done that way, then I need to do it that way and I need to know how to that 
way is, right? So making sure your parents know anything like that that's important. Maybe you mentioned it off the cuff in your class one day, and then that little kid, (laughs) that little Johnny, went home and was super specific with his parents, even though like you said it like as an afterthought and you forgot you even said it, they took it to heart. So um, just keep that in mind that you want to make sure that your parents know how you're structuring things. And if they need to be structured a particular way, then maybe you need to kind of teach it to them as well. Okay. And alongside improving the parent engagement by providing those classroom specifics, You also want to provide additional resources. Parents often reach out, especially about homework, or calling it the new math. I just don't understand this new math. Why do they have to do it this way? Why can't they just go back to doing it the old way? I'm just going to show them the old way. I don't care about this new way. I hear that all the time at dismissal. (laughs) Something about math is like hot button for parents. So the first day of school, I like to send home what I call a parent guide, and I have that available in my TPT store. If you're interested, it will be linked in the show notes, but it explains the biggest skills and standards that will be covered in the school year. So just having some kind of booklet or papers that you put together that gives you kind of an overview of what your units are, what the standards are, why they're important is really going to go a long way to helping show parents not only where their child falls academically, but if they're ready for the grade level. So it kind of shows them this gap, right? If they're not quite ready, the parents might look at that guide and say, hmm, they should be here and they don't know this yet, but they're going to have to learn this. And it might be eye-opening for some of them. So throughout the school year, I also provide families with a skill sheet where the grade level benchmarks and their child scores are compared on the same page. So because I'm in Nevada, we have NVACs and then we have map testing. So I write it. I wrote, I write it, I wrote up a sheet that just simply said, I think it was um, where they're at with sight words what their map score was for um, fall, winter, and spring. So I put three spaces there and I show them what are the benchmarks for those three times a year. Same thing with the oral reading fluency. Where should your child be reading? So I like them to see the score their child should be meeting and the score their child actually got so they can look for themselves and see if there's a huge gap. Last year we used iReady. This year it'll be something totally different. I'm not sure what because I'm not in a regular classroom, gen ed classroom, but I had that on there as well. So three times a year when we did the iReady testing, they could see where their child scored and where were they supposed to score. If they they were on goal, I would give it like a little smiley face. If it wasn't quiet, I would circle it like, hmm, parents, take a look at this. So that also shows families where exactly they can be applying the help at home if they have those capabilities. Other ways are to provide resources for homework help. Like I explained earlier, you need to be very specific. If you have a very specific way of doing something in your classroom and you expect it to be done at home as well, maybe type up those procedures so the parents have them that they can do the same kind of thing you do in the classroom and they can just follow that. I also like to tell parents how they can join school-sponsored workshops or committees. So if there's something special going on, like a parent 
workshop on how to help with reading at home. I'm, I'm making sure that I'm putting that out there. I'm talking to them about ways they can volunteer and the volunteer process within my school district about how to get badged if they want to come into the building. So I want to just remove those barriers again for how they can approach and how they can help and how they can be involved because they might not know what they don't know and they might not know what to ask or how to even get started. And some might be too embarrassed to ask So I'm going to do that for them. I'm just going to be like, hey, just in case you wanted to do this, here's all the information. And they want it, they want it, they don't, they don't. It's okay. You're probably not going to get any complaints that you overshared unless you're doing it like every single day and they're getting bombarded. But that's a whole nother podcast episode maybe. Okay, so a common barrier again is parents and families don't like to get involved because they don't know how or they don't know what to do and they don't feel comfortable asking. By just giving them that information, you're breaking down that barrier. Okay, last but not least, I am going to implore you to be culturally inclusive. So for me, that just means recognizing the different cultures that are abundant within my classroom, some that I might not even be aware of by just looking so I like to ask parents about cultural, cultural celebrations that are specific to their family. And the way I approach this is that in my state, they have social studies standards about learning about different cultures. So hello, what a better way to start off the back to school, but asking them in the guise of this social studies standard what is the background of the students? So I like to do a whole thing that I started when I taught IB, and that's asking them where their ancestors came from and it, what languages they spoke, how did they come to America, and we do a whole map of the world and we highlight where students come from. They get to go up and find it on the map, color it in, and it's just a cute, fun activity. And then we can kind of see, oh my gosh, your family's where my family's from. And we start making those connections and we're building that community within our classroom. So even if you don't have that standard, you should be able to find something to fit it in there under. And it's a really great way to start off the school year. Also, knowing about a family's culture can help you determine if you need to make alternate assignments during special holidays or birthdays. Sometimes families won't volunteer this information unless asked. And I had that happen just last year. If I hadn't asked anyone if they had any objections to the Halloween unit, then I would never have known that one of my students couldn't celebrate Halloween and he couldn't celebrate birthdays and anything else either, but I didn't know that. So that I, I that kind of happened. <laughs> so <laughs> let me save you that embarrassment and predicament by having you ask the back to school season. So I want to know what are some ways you are planning to include parents in your classroom? How are you going to up that parent engagement? What is your goal going to be? As always, you can rate and review this podcast episode on Apple Podcast. I would truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, 
and I will talk to you next week. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.